Hey, everybody. Welcome into Domesticated Gamblers. It is February 28th, 2023. I'm Eric, and there is Tito. If you are watching us on YouTube, smash the like button, subscribe to our channel. Also, also uh, post a comment on our videos. We can interact with you there. Uh, and hit that notification bell, too, so you can get our videos as soon as we post them. And you definitely want to have those notifications turned on. Uh, if you missed last week, we announced that our daily shows are no more uh, for a variety of reasons, but mainly because of all the domesticated crap that uh, we all have to take care of. Uh, so we will still be doing a normal show on occasion, including one today with me and Tito. Uh, also continue to put out content on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at domesticated gamblers. Uh, Tito, I know you've been putting out some hot toilet takes. I've been putting out some picks. Uh, on a daily basis, uh, both on our YouTube channel and on Twitter, at Gambling Dads. Uh, I've hit a rough patch here, Tito. Dropped five in a row, uh, but overall, uh, pick still going very well for me, up over 11 units on the year. So follow us on Twitter, at Gambling Dads. Uh, have notifications turned on there as well, so you get the picks as soon as I tweet them out. Uh, also continuing to document our records on Twitter and uh, everything you'll see there. Is 100% honest and transparent. So, Tito, how's it going, brother? What you got going on today? What's on your mind? Oh, man, there's a whole lot of stuff going on, man. Domesticated dad stuff going on. Got coaching going on. Got these rugrats starting to play off basketball for CYC. So, looking forward to getting some action going tomorrow night as well as on Thursday. So, you know, it's been a crazy couple of days. Had a full weekend of basketball this past weekend. So, you know, hot toilet takes are still ramping up, and you know it's just been a it's been a crazy couple of days. But Eric, man, touche. Thanks for putting out all those picks, baby. I know that it's not easy laying yourself out there like that, but like Eric said, everyone, you know these picks are one one thousand percent transparent. And hey, just like they said before, right? You you go through the ebbs and flows, up up and down, up and down. And so Tito had Tito's on this big losing streak, folks. You know, so don't be. Don't be listening to my hot takes related to college basketball. I know Eric's got some advice for Tito and for the rest of us later on today about these bunch badness and college picks. I can't wait. We got Arch Madness this Friday. Looking forward to seeing some college hoops and, and spending some quality time with a great friend. So uh, it's going to be a good time. And so I'll have some hot, hot takes later on today related to some college basketball and some Restall plays for Tito. So it should be should be a fun show, Eric. It is. I, I love this time of year, man. It's like this is entering. March is my favorite month of the year. And tomorrow starts it all. We got the conference tournaments. Actually tipped off last night. Uh, but I'll be getting into that here in just a little bit. But we got the Battle Hawks 2-0. Uh, Arch Madness, like we've talked about, will be there together on Friday. And then on Saturday, the home opener for St. Louis City SC. Tita will be in attendance because he is blessed and he purchased season tickets. Very, very shrewd move to, to get on the list for that and get those season tickets. Because, my God, if there's any games you cannot attend this year, you can make your money back really easily, it appears. Because this team wins their season opener 3-2 to two at Austin, a team that was in the Final Four last year, a Western Conference finalist. I had goosebumps, too, watching this game Saturday night. I've never been so excited for soccer game, jacked up for it, and it delivered. So, Tito, tell me about your experience watching this game on Saturday night. 
Man, they couldn't have started any better, right? I mean, you know, getting a getting a goal in the first twenty five minutes of the match and getting the first goal. I mean, that was so exciting. The coverage was outstanding on Apple. Um, can't be can't be uh, impressed enough by what they were able to demonstrate. Sure, would we have liked to heard Joey Zanaboni's call while watching Apple on the away team coverage? Sure, but guess what? The game itself was just absolutely tremendous. I'm already a huge fan of this Parker fella, Klaus. What a stud! You know these guys. I know. I know all these guys now, and I'm just like I'm completely enamored with this team. I was a little skeptical at first, thinking, okay, well, I'm a big soccer fan, but I don't quite know all the all the names and and everyone that's on the team. But man, what a great performance! What an outstanding start, especially you know going you know getting up the first goal, then giving it up and looking oh, but not looking too good, and then Austin. And then two late goals, um, just a phenomenal experience. Was sitting there with my with my oldest daughter. She was absolutely enamored. I can't wait to send her to the game later on this season. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to treating you to a, a match later on this summer too, because it's going to be a pony show. It's going to be really exciting. The dogs are on fire, baby. I know there's a lot of soccer fans that don't like the dog name for some bizarro reason. But guess what, Tito? Absolutely enamored. I just absolutely love it. Let's not even talk about this fraud of the Battlehawk team. I could care less about that crap. I want to talk more about MLS. I want to talk. I also want to bring into Eric. You got you just lit a fuse for Tito, baby. I want to talk about this pitch clock. I want to talk about spring training. What a disaster this is, too. Big old wolf for a bunch of different phenomenies or different sports going on. Man. Big fired up. Thanks for reminding me about the dogs, about battle hawks. Who cares? Well, that's what I got to say. So, well, yeah, I want to talk about the pitch clock thing, but before it, it leaves my brain, yes, for City, for the game on Saturday, it is my birthday that day. My mom has been kind enough to babysit my child. So Stacy and I, we're coming downtown. We're not going to the game, but we're going to get there probably around 430. We're going to get the whole experience. We're going to be crammed in like sardines wherever we go to watch the game. But it's one thing I love about soccer, and we haven't gotten a lot of this, uh, you know, other than like World Cup games, like watching them in big groups, um, you know, at your favorite watering hole. But, man, downtown is going to be packed on Saturday night. I just cannot wait to celebrate my birthday while watching the dogs against Charlotte. I'm so excited about this. And it's a great point you make, Tito, about uh, getting to know these players because I think – Anyone, if you stick St. Louis on the front of the jersey, people are going to be into it no matter what. Right. But Tim Parker with that red hair, Klaus, just this big old guy, you know, and it's uh, just, you know, towers over everybody. The more we get to know these guys, the more into it we're even going to be. You get more emotionally invested. And that's how, you know, we grew up big Cardinals fans and Blues fans because that stuff has been passed down generation uh, to generation. You know, Cardinals over 100 years, Blues over 50 years now. And now we're going to be those people, you know, hopefully we have grandkids and maybe make it to great grandkids someday that St. Louis City SC is a huge deal. And we're seeing it take off here, man. I, I, I can't really compare this to anything else that I felt, but even if they would have got their ass kicked Saturday night, I still would have been excited for it. But the yeah. fact that they won, and we've talked about uh, on previous shows, this team is going to overperform their expectations. There's no doubt in my mind. The extra year they got, you know, because they were supposed to debut last season, but because of COVID, MLS said, well, you know, let's slow our roll. 
let's, you know, delay it another year. You know, Bradley Carnell's been the head coach for over a year. He's had these guys in here. They've gelled. I'm not, I'm not shocked that they won. I mean, I'm surprised. Obviously, you yeah. play a team like Austin. You don't expect to win. But this team is going to overperform expectations. I'm hoping they make the playoffs. But even if they don't, it's going to be a hell of a ride. And it's just one more thing that we have in our city to get behind. And that's one of the best things about St. Louis, Tito, right? It's, it's that passion about our sports teams, you know? It's a thousand percent right. We support every team. You put a good product on the field, you're going to get a lot of fan support. Given that it's soccer, given our rich tradition over the, you know, in the 1950s, having most of those guys that were played on the World Cup team, um, you know, be successful, you know, starting then and even before then. I mean, there's been a, a rich tradition of soccer here in St. Louis. And yeah, we put a product on the field. The fans are going to support it. It couldn't have started off any better. This was by far, they, if they would have lost, it would have still been exciting for this weekend. But the fact that they scored the first goal, then they came, they got down, then they came back, scored two late goals, and won the game. It, it's got everyone that much more jacked up. I was looking at ticket prices, the seats that I have, they're going for like either three times or maybe even quadruple what the face value of those tickets are. I mean, people are, are are selling out big bucks for these tickets, and it's great. I mean, it's a fantastic market, and I am I cannot wait. It's going to be a, an amazing time, and the atmosphere is going to be simply remarkable. So, uh, and and this Berkey guy, this this I was singing his praises all all preseason. This Berkey man, he better he better step up. Because Tito will have some hot takes on this Berkey fella. He better keep up the pace because Cornell, he knows exactly his team and he knows exactly the style that they want to play. And I can't wait. I've already started. I've already. I, I'm rambling on, but I'm just really excited. I've I've already started memorizing the chants. We are St. Louis City. Hey, we're St. Louis City. We're St. Louis City, and we're here. I mean, I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, Berkey, the goaltender, I, I would classify that first goal he let in as a softie. I think he misjudged it. Uh, you know, he, he was caught out of his net that he was a little too far up in the box. Second goal, I, that was a pretty goal. I don't know how much you can do about it. But I'm, I'm glad they started on the road. And not just on the road, but in an atmosphere like Austin. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I, I think I said it before, Austin has really set the example of what it means to be an expansion team and really get this – you know, their team off the ground with this huge groundswell support with it being the first professional franchise in Austin, uh, the, the chanting and just the atmosphere there was second to none, you know, above tied for first with probably what we're going to see this Saturday night down at city park. And not only that, a St. Louis native, a St. Louis university product, Kip Keller being the guy to F it up and gift this team, the tying goal, Klaus just schools him on the third goal on the game winner. It's like, it's, it's all like, it's this perfect story that's starting to be written. So I'm glad they started on the road. And now the excitement, like you said, it's just, it was already up here at a 10 and now it's like up at like an infinity. I feel like heading into this first game. Well, let me ask you a question about you watched the game. So let me ask you a question. Cause we've had, I had a lot of talk this weekend with some other domesticated gamblers who were like, do you think that, that that kid was did he not see the city player? Because I, from my angle, from my viewpoint, it looked like that city player kind of goaded him into thinking 
hey, I'm your teammate, you know, pass me the ball and not really noticing the, the guy between the him and the goalie. So I want to get your thoughts on that. I think the STL City player, I can't remember his name off, off the top of my head right now, but it looked Stroud. like he cut Stroud. Um, it looked like he kind of goaded him because he was kind of holding his hands down by his hips, like how you see soccer players like, you know, hey, I'm open, pass me the ball. Um, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it and see see what you uh, what you thought if that was a if that was a conspiracy theory if you didn't see him or if he was just trying to pass it to the goalie. I mean, I think the most reasonable explanation is he just didn't see him, and you know he was just passing it back to his goalie because he didn't expect someone to be there. But Stroud was like right in his line of sight, and like they Stroud came over from Austin, so they're former teammates. I saw Stroud quoted saying that they're good friends. I don't know if he just had a, a brain cramp where he just thought for a second that's his buddy that was on his team. I, I don't know, but this is something I was pissed about. I went to look for quotes after the game from Kip Keller to an explanation of, of what happened there. I couldn't find anything. This Austin media doesn't hold this kid accountable, and he's too scared to get in front of a microphone and explain what happened. So I was fired up about that. I Seriously, though, like – it's something I always respect about uh, baseball players, in particular, like a closer. I remember Jason Isringhausen. Obviously, he's a Cardinals Hall of Famer, great pitcher, but he blew his share of saves in the day. Every time he would blow a save, you could always find him right in front of his locker after the game, and he would talk you through what happened and why it happened. And I thought it'd be very easy to find some, and obviously, even if it was any player, let alone a St. Louis native, a St. Louis University product being so instrumental in the St. Louis team winning their first ever game. I just couldn't believe there was no quotes from him, no explanation. I know he's a young kid. I don't know if they're trying, but you're a pro. Like, you don't, you, this part of the gig. If you F up, you got to face the music. So I don't really know what happened. My best guess is he didn't see him, but I don't know how you didn't see him. It's just, just a crazy, crazy, you know, happening of events. Oh, and the fact that, yeah, you're right. Austin Media can't get a quote from the kid. And I was also I was so excited after the match. I wanted to see some press conferences for Bradley Cornell. And I thought that's one thing that Apple could have done a better job at, at, at interviewing the different players, interviewing Cornell, like in an actual legitimate setting versus just seeing clips of the of the highlights. And so if I had a, if I had one thing to Netflix about the broadcast itself was trying to find like post game coverage. Um, and that's one thing I was kind of missing. Because if you go to, you know, if you go to a hockey game or baseball, you always have that press game, you know, kind of let down of them kind of diffusing the situation and just kind of recapping what happened and then going to the manager quotes. And even in, you know, World Cup or Premier League soccer, you still have those press conferences too. So I didn't see that. Maybe I missed it. I'm not sure. But they need to do a better job at, at focusing those things. And like you said, there's often media members, complete frauds. They don't care. They're scared to ask the tough questions. That's why we need to get these MLS players on this domesticated gambler show. Tito will hold them accountable. That's what I'm talking about, Eric. I do agree with you wholeheartedly on the Apple TV thing. I, I think the production of the game itself was top-notch, outstanding. But, yeah, I thought the post-game coverage, there just what, there wasn't much going on there. And I don't know if it's, like, more of an NFL-style post-game show because there was, you know, I think, like, 10 or 11 games going on at the same time. So maybe they're recapping it all. I did. I flipped on my Odyssey app. And I listened to the Y98 postgame show, Y98 here in St. Louis, KYKYFM uh, is the flagship station uh, of St. Louis City SC. So I heard, you know, very good postgame show okay. on there. 
Also something to look for this week, uh, this weekend at the home game, Tito, I know you said what you, you missed here in Zanaboni on the calls. Uh, you will have the option during home games for every MLS game, uh, including the one uh, this weekend at City Park. You can choose the home team's radio broadcast audio. So it's really easy to find uh, on Apple TV. Uh, if you want to learn how to do that, just you know, shoot me a comment uh, in, in our, uh, on the video here or shoot me a DM on Twitter. Super easy to find. So I'm going to be turning on Zanaboni uh, in the Y98 broadcast on Saturday night when they're taking on Charlotte. Although I did see, uh, I think Taylor Twelman's the lead guy, the lead, you know, uh, on the lead announced team. And I saw him quoted, he's going to be here for the home opener. So Apple TV sending their number one team to the game. So maybe I'll switch back and forth, get a little Zanaboni, uh, get a little, little Taylor Twelman. Uh, so that should be just super, super exciting, man. I know you'll be at the game. Um, but I'm going to have my headphones in, baby. I'm going to be listening to the broadcast. I'll be listening to Zanaboni, I think. I think that's the play because this kid, he's the Tito West performer, baby. He's got the hot shots. He's got the great catchphrases that Tito loves. And so I think I'm going to have some earbuds in and listening to the game and, and cheering on and chanting just like those other crazy St. Louisans, baby. I can't wait. It's going to be an awesome experience. Yeah, that the only problem with that, though, is if you're listening on the Odyssey app, there's going to be a delay. There's going to be a delay, probably a 30 to 45 second delay. So that's not going to work. But if you are watching at home on your TV, the audio does sync up perfectly live where you can hear Zanaboni. So uh, any games, Tito, you're watching from home this year uh, when the dogs are playing at home, uh, get your Zanaboni fix for sure. Uh, want to get back to what you mentioned about the uh, the pitch clock with MLB and spring training. Elaborate uh, on your take on this, please. Dude, this is just this is insane. This is this is MLB getting too gimmicky, getting too crazy with this stuff. The, the these people shouting from the rooftops talking about oh baseball takes too long. It's too boring of a game. There's too much time between pitches. If there was more offense, if there was more not even offense. That's the wrong word. If there was more action in the game, that's the issue with baseball. Don't try to make these gimmicks about pitch clock. I mean, they're taking it way too far. I mean, what was it last week? That It was a 3-2 pitch, bottom of the ninth. I know it's preseason, but they called it a ball. They called it a strike because the, the batter wasn't ready. And that's how the game ended. Can you imagine going to the World Series and having a 3-2 count, written your bases loaded, the tying runs at third, the winning runs on second base, the batter doesn't get in there in time, and they call him out, and that's how a World Series ends? I mean, can you imagine that? That seems so freaking ridiculous because MLB's listening to these these ridiculous takes about, oh, or it's too long. No one's complaining about this, the time of NFL games. I mean, NFL games take, what, four hours now? I mean, games start at 12. They don't end until 3.30, 3.35 at, at the earliest. No one's complaining about that. Because there's action. That's what MLB needs, just action. And the fact that they've they've eliminated the shift, the fact that there's going to be more balls probably put in play, there's going to be more runners on the base pass, that's what you need. I mean, I remember watching postseason baseball, you know, in the, you know, in the, the 13, 14, and the Cardinals, they would string together hit after hit after hit in the postseason. It was when they were playing the Dodgers and getting the clean Kershaw. There was excitement because batters were hitting the ball in play. It was moving batters in and out. It wasn't these big three-run, you know, grand slam home runs. It was none of that. It was moving people, and it was exciting. I mean, you had analysts. You had fans engaged. They had people excited. But 
MLB is is gone way too far. I mean, they went way too far with the analytics. They went way too far with launch angle, with BBAP or BABIP or whatever it's called. I mean, there's some of these things that you have to be a mathematician to understand what the what the formula is to calculate. You know, what's this or what's that? It's just it's too insane now. It's like you're you're. You're trying to get younger, but that's not how you get younger. You get younger by just having more exciting players and more action. Just find out how to make more action. The fact that they've eliminated the shift, there's going to be more action now. There just will be. There'll be more balls in play. There's going to then turn more people on the base pass, which will then in turn, you know, get people moving. And that's what's exciting. It doesn't need to be these gimmicks about eight seconds, nine seconds, and, you know, here's a strike, there's a ball. It's just... It's way too far. They went way too far with it, Eric. It's just a complete asinine, you know, test or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I do think there will be more action. And just in that, a lot of those balls that were going to be hit into the shift in prior years will become hits now. And obviously with the new uh, pickoff rules, the base is a little bit bigger. That should help uh, stolen bases. So stolen bases and batting average, I think you'll see a significant increase um, this season. But I don't know if it's necessarily going to lead to more balls in play because when the batter's still standing there, you know, that they didn't move the mound back, you know, and I feel like that, I know that's a very uh, extreme change, but if you do want more balls in play, I feel like that's what it's going to necessitate because these pitchers are only getting bigger, faster, stronger as the years go on. I think they're going to have to move the mound back a little bit because, you know, they're blowing these heaters by these guys these nasty Uncle Charlies that they can't see because they don't have the time to react. Um, so I'm glad there's going to be more action once the ball is put in play, but I'm not convinced the ball, you know, I don't think guys are going to be changing their approach now because ooh, there's no shift because now they don't have to worry about going the other way. They can just, you know, have their own normal swing on the pitch clock itself. I think long-term big picture, it's going to be good for the game. We're going to be going through some growing pains and you're seeing it right now. And, and this is why it's spring training. I mean, they're, they're training right now for the real games uh, and, and they're going to work out the kinks. They got to get used to this. I know just for me personally, domesticated dad, uh, it's hard a lot of times in these regular season games, they play every night. The game's just dragging on. I'm a huge Cardinals fan. I want to stay up till the end of the game, but sometimes I'm just like, God damn, get this thing over with. So, you know, if these games are starting at 7.15 and they have been ending at 10.30, you know, this is going to take significant time off the game. It's going to be a 7.15 game is going to be ending in the 9 o'clock hour more times than not. I think that's good for the viewing experience in terms of how long the game is. But I agree, Tito, postseason, I don't give a shit about how long the game is. It, It could go six hours. The drama is so good. That I hope they almost just wipe these rules out for the postseason, but I don't think they're going to do that, are they? But they haven't done that. No, that's not part of the rule. The rule is, okay, this is what it's going to be going forward. It's just ridiculous. It's asinine. Again, too gimmicky. It's way too gimmicky. I mean, they they tested this in the minor leagues. They they moved it on up. Again, that's minor league base. No one watching minor league baseball. Let's be real here. That it's that's asinine. I mean, the fact of the matter is, yeah, there's going to be more action in play. There wasn't a rule for the MLB could put in place to make a batter go opposite field. So what did they do? They had to eliminate the shift, which I totally agree. There's going to be more action now. I, I the, the reason why games were taking so long was because there were so many pitching changes. 
and they and batters were taking so many balls. They were taking so many pitches. That's the issue. And it has nothing to do with whether or not, oh, I stand in the batter's box, you know, for eight seconds versus 15 seconds or 20 seconds. I just. I disagree I, with that. I, I, I mean, it's, it's just math. Like if you have to throw pitches quick and there, it's been, I mean, I don't have the data in front of me, but I know I looked at average spring training length game for last season as compared to this season. And it's already significantly down. It's, it, it's just the math of that, you know, just if, if you have to throw pitches quicker, it's going to go quicker, but I I'm very curious to see. I haven't watched any I, candidly have not watched any, not one pitch of spring training baseball yet, other than a highlight here or there. Me too. Have they, uh, so I don't know them. We neither of us know the answer to this. Have they, the team's been trying to get around the shifts um, rules by like bringing like the left fielder over to like short right field. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know if this has been happening. I have to have to get my brain just so not in baseball mode yet. It's going to take a little bit. I'm just all about uh, usually college basketball this year, but like right. this MLS thing, it's just like, is like a supernova right now. They're just so, so excited about the battle locks have my attention after that perfect storm of events of a Thursday night, 8 PM game where they win in dramatic fashion. Baseball is like the farthest thing from my mind at this point. It's like I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, baseball season doesn't start till flag day. It's already too long of a season. Or there's like 18 people, the 18 teams that make the playoffs now. I, they're in serious trouble with Tito. I, you know, we have a fantasy baseball draft, I think, in less than a month. I haven't done anything. I don't even know what, I don't even know what, what players I had to end last season. I don't know what keepers I'm keeping. I've done literal no research whatsoever. And there's a lot of money on the line for this stuff. And I've got to be locked in, but I can care less. I want to watch MLS, baby. I want to complain more about the Battlehawks opening up the 400 level. What are you doing, XFL? Get out of here with this crap. Big old wolf to that, too. Just wait, Tito. That first game of the Dome, you are going to be all about it. I'm telling you, you're going to see that Dome filled up with all these fired-up St. Louisans yelling, caca, caca. And they are going to go 4-0 after beating whoever the hell they're playing in that game. And Tito, unless you're just going to defiantly continue to just rip on this XFL team, if you just let your open up your heart, open up your heart, it's okay to have fun. Get on board with the Battle Hawks. You can do it. No, absolutely not. Complete travesty of a league, complete embarrassment of a league. They're trying to interview Ron Zook, the defensive coordinator for Seattle. And they're like, oh, hey, what are you going to do? Oh, no, we got a minute left. Let me go run some plays. What are we doing here? Like, literally, that makes no sense either. And then you had Anthony Beck walking around in his flat-billed hat looking like a doofus. And, oh, we're just walking on the van. Whoa, whoa, yeah. And you got A.J. McCarron, who, wasn't, who hasn't been relevant for 15 years since Brett Musburger. I'll say it every time I talk about A.J. McCarron. Brett Musburger made that comment about his girl, then-girlfriend, now-wife. That, that's the only reason you're relevant, bud. And then you have The Rock. He's coming out tweeting, oh, yeah, look at A.J. McCarron. He took less money to come play in the XFL. What a cheapskate you are, Rock. You're worth billions upon billions of dollars. You can't pay this guy a good salary. You, this guy can make more money being a third-string quarterback, and you can't pay the bills. You can't pay him a million dollars, a couple million dollars. Big old wolf of a league. The fact that they're still not even in St. Louis, they're down in Texas, makes me want to puke. There's no excitement whatsoever from Tito's perspective. It's a big old wolf of a league, and I can't stand it. Go on. There you go. 
Tito hit all of his bingo. If you got bingo card for Tito, Battle Hawks, Fraud, Pro Wrestling, The Rock, you just won a million dollars. Way to go. Oh, God. Well, it's AJ McCarran, by the way. Kakam, AJ McCarran, who is going to be leading these Battle Hawks to victory this weekend as they go to 3 0. And on the subject of flat build hats, I, I need to, you triggered a, a, a big point in my brain. So I know pretty much instantly if I see someone wearing a flat build hat, I mean, and to each their own, don't get me wrong. You, some people like some things, other people like other things. But if you have a flat build hat, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be friends with you. I, I, just the way it is. I just know we're not going to connect. I need a curved bill hat. I, I literally had the, um, I've had the same Cardinals hat since 2010. And I was in Mexico last month and this hat's all beat up. The bill's all frayed. And like, it's, it's, it's starting to come apart a little bit. Long story short, it got caught on a tree branch and it poked a ginormous hole through the hat. So uh, the hat is broken. It, it's, it's almost like having a dog die. Like I've had this hat for 13 years. I'd wear it everywhere. I feel so comfortable with it. I've had so many great memories with it. I met my wife while I was wearing this hat at a Cardinals game. So I need a new hat. My birthday is coming up. Uh, and so I know my daughter and my wife want to get me a new Cardinals hat. I said, I need to be there for this. This, this is not something you just buy me and then I'm just going to wear it. So we're going to go to Rally House this weekend and pick out a Cardinals hat. My concern with this is, and I haven't been to a Rally House in a while, but anytime uh, I do you know, see a, a hat store, whether it's at the mall or whatever, I don't know the last time I've been to a mall, whatever, <laughs> but just anytime I see a hat store, I feel like about 90% of the hats in there now have the flat bill. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. No doubt about it. Yeah. It's either the flat bill or the trucker hat. God damn um, it. It's uh, it's rough. And I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, flat bill hats for me, I, I fraud, you know, complete fraud. <laughs> if you put it around backwards, it's okay. That's okay. Yes. I agree. I agree. That's okay. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's more of a, of a younger kid thing too. flat bill hats. Um, you know, the other domesticated gambler that's that's not, not not on the show today, Sean. He has he wore he wears a flat build cap backwards. It looks great. He puts it around forwards. I hope Sean you watch this. It doesn't look good at all, buddy. It's a big wolf of a look. Um and so yeah, I'm with you, Eric. You gotta have that bend, you gotta have that that flex, you know, and the fact that more are going to the flat bill and more are going to the trucker style hats. It's not a it's not a good play, but you'll you'll be able to find something. I'm sure of it at Rally House. They got a wide selection of different hats, and uh, they'll be good. Rally House coming on this pay, coming on this video. Let's be a sponsor. Let's go. We need some sponsors, baby. I hope I can find what I'm looking for because I agree the flat bill hat backwards. It's good. I I'm not going to dog anyone for that. Um, but yeah, the flat bill hat forwards. I'm just like Ben Hockman. Ben Hockman. On his videos on stltoday.com, where's the flat build hats? And I'm just like, I, Ben, we're probably not going to be friends. I, I respect you. I just don't. I don't think we would get along. So it's it's almost like breaking in the curve of a bill of a hat is like breaking in a baseball glove back in the day when I was a kid. Like it's that kind of a relationship that you get with it. So I like a uh, I like a fitted, curved bill hat, like a baseball cap style. I, I, no joke. Like I had to do this exercise one time. So I work in sales and um, there was uh, this exercise was assigned to me, uh, pick an item in your house and shoot a video of you selling that item, like pitching that item to be sold. 
And my uh, item that I picked was my Cardinals hat. And what I talked about, I put it on and how I just feel like I instantly transform into the, like this laid back, comfortable, easygoing guy. I'm kind of in my happy place. I feel, you know, just super comfortable. It's how I, it's, it's how I, you know, I'm dressed today in my, I'm not going to show you my whole body, but I got the work gear on today. I got the tucked in shirt. I got the belt. I got the dress shoes. I'm tired of it. I don't like that. I like to wear a t-shirt, shorts, flip-flops, and a hat, a fitted curved bill hat. And so that's what I'm going to be looking for uh, on my birthday this Saturday at Rally House. We need to get Stacy uh, some city gear. I know she's looking for some city gear to wear uh, to downtown Saturday night. Uh, the child continues to grow. She is outgrown all of her Cardinal stuff. So we got to get some more stuff for her. Um, so this actually leads me into my question of the day, Tito, talking about, uh, starting talking about wives and kids. So I don't know if I've told you, I have been like in a Girl Scout cookie mode over the last several weeks. So my wife is the troop leader for Andy. Uh, Andy wow. is a Daisy. This is her first year selling cookies. Uh, my wife's in charge of for her troop. We basically have the mother load of cookies sitting in our dining room upstairs, and we've been starting to distribute those out. Uh, I've eaten way more of my fair share over the last couple of weeks. I've uh, been a little, little tough on the waistline. The belt felt a little tighter when I put it on this morning. Uh, but Tito, my question of the day for you, sir. Well, first of all, have you had, real quick, have you had uh, any of your daughters, uh, Addie or, Char or Charlotte, have they been Girl Scouts? Yeah, they were Girl Scouts for a year or two, and then we we dumped that shit right away. <laughs> big, big wolf. Of, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't for us. I mean, you know, when we when we first did the Girl Scout orders, it was way too much pressure. Yeah. Had a bunch of we had to get the boxes to the right team. We had to had to ask friends and family, hey, will you buy a box? Will you buy? You know, some people would buy two, some people would buy seven. It was just way too big of a hassle. And Girl Scout cookies is fine. With all the other crap that comes with it, you know, having to do like these badges and I'm Tito's not this outdoorsman. My wife's not this lady that knows how to knit and all that crap. Big old wolf of the stuff that is. Get out of here with that. Get the hell out of here, Girl Scouts. Good that you are doing it, I guess, but clip that off. Get the hell out of here, Girl Scouts. <laughs> I like that line. I do in, in a moment of seriousness, the, the cookie thing, it's a lot. It does make a lot of money for the troop. And I went to this orientation thing when Andy went to, you know, look into joining Girl Scouts, uh, you know, last year. You see the the older kids there that were, you know, you know, doing these activities with the younger kids. It's pretty cool. Kids can get into a lot of bad shit, uh, you know, with getting into the wrong crowd, getting into activities that maybe are not things they should be doing. This seems very wholesome. And I also like that uh, it's something that my wife can do. And I, I don't, I'm not outdoorsy either. I'm not going to be the one going camping with them. Uh, Stacy's all about that stuff. Yeah. So I think it's really good. I could tell already Andy's making some really good friends from her school uh, and from her Girl Scout troop as a kindergartner. So I've loved it so far. I spent my Sunday uh, sweating out some three-star plays in soccer, not watching the games, uh, but at a schnooks here in St. Louis working at Girl Scout cookie booth. Uh, selling cookies. And this reminded me of my days back at the Muni. I had a, a, one of my summer jobs working the Muni concession stand. And when it went to concessions or when it went to intermission, working the concession stand, you better buckle up because everyone's coming out. They all want their stuff fast. And I would be the guy on the front line at the register, taking their order, taking their money. I actually really enjoyed it. But we worked this cookie booth for a couple hours on Sunday. It was non-effing stop. 
Like it, I was exhausted at the end of it, but these girls sold every single box of cookies that we brought. And so this brings me to my question of the day, Tito. I uh, just wanted to make sure you were familiar with the Girl Scout cookies before I ask this, but your three favorite brands of Girl Scout cookies. Oh man, that's a good question. I, 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 when you brought up Girl Scouts, I knew this is where you're probably going to go. And, and, you know, back to the, my Girl Scout take just for a quick second, you had the partner that, that <laughs> absolutely is the right fit for, you know, for being the Girl Scout mom and doing all that stuff. Like I said, like me and my wife, we're not outdoorsy people. I have to, I'm, I'm usually the one taking kids to and from everything. And it's not my cup of tea, but to each their own, you know, dump on the Girl Scouts all I want, but you know, they, they serve a purpose and they, they have a good time doing what they're doing. And Tito absolutely loves Girl Scout cookies, daddy. So, you know, here's Tito's top three. Number one, it's no surprise. It's everyone's favorite. It's gotta be the Thin Mints. You know, I don't necessarily like, you know, sometimes I like them frozen, but I like them just right out of the box. I, I ordered three boxes this year. They're all gone. I mean, I got them like two days ago, like two or three days ago. They're all gone. I said, I finished them in one sitting. I feel like such a slob after I get done with them, but man, they're delicious going down. Um, the other one that I like, Tagalongs. Tagalongs are a good brand. Um, those are the ones I think they're the peanut butter ones with the chocolate yep. um, over the top. Yep. And everyone knows Tito's kind of a picky eater. I can't remember the other one. I think it's the, um, what's the, um, the bread? The is that Dosey Do's? Is that the one that's, um, like that uh, the shortcake one, the shortbread one, shortbread. Yeah, that's that a tree foil. It's a plain buttery cookie. Is that the one you're thinking of? That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. So those are those would be the three that I eat. Uh, but hands down, if I if I if I can make thin mints, my top three each each single section, that's what it would be. But thin mints, tagalongs, and tree foil. We have the what exact we have the exact same list, except for a little bit different order. Uh, Thin Mints is number one for me, but they got to be frozen. I agree, they're fine, room temperature, but something about that frozen Thin Mint, man. Yeah. And you're right, it, like I've I've had a lot of binges over these last few weeks where I felt terrible about myself when it was over. But it is, man, I I am a cookie monster, like no joke. I have a, I had to tell Stacy like you have to hide these from me, like for real. I I do the same thing with the Halloween candy, and I was joking with her last night. I was doing the Angry Sports Talk Radio guy. I'm like I'm tired. Of having now Girl Scout cookies, I got to worry about usually just the Halloween candy. I got to have you hide the Halloween candy for me. But now here we are four months later, and I got these cookies I got to deal with now because you're the cookie troop leader, and I got five billion boxes in this house. So right. had to I had to have her hide those from me now. Uh, no joke, because those frozen. But that's the thing, the frozen thin mints. You can't hide those from Daddy right here. Daddy knows where those are at. Plus, <laughs> so I run into a lot of trouble with the frozen thin mints. The tree foils are my num number two, a plain buttery cookie. It reminds me of going to the pediatrician back when I was a kid and you would get out. And now I think that you get like a dum-dum, like when my kid leaves the pediatrician, those things suck. Nobody wants a dum-dum. I used to get Dr. Flug. I don't know if Dr. Flug's still around or still alive, but my God, he had the best little buttery cookies that you would get anytime you went in to go see him as a young child, you know, 35 years ago. So shout out to Dr. Eric Flug. With the, with the buttery cookie. So tree foils, my number two. Uh, and tagalongs. <laughs> you like that answer, huh? And tagalongs. 
Nobody cares about the what's it called again? The the, the sucker? I don't even know it. The dum dums. The dum dums. Just a disaster. They're so bad. Like who wants these? My kids love them, but that's to each of their own. Get it together, Premier Pediatrics and Arnold. Do better <laughs> treats for your children. Nobody wants a dum dum. Love you, Dr. Anderson, but I'm tired of it. What happened to Tito's screen? Oh God, he knocked the computer over. <laughs> Uh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. Go oh, ahead. Oh, you're good. Hey, a sneaker play, by the way, it, it almost knocked tagalongs out of the top three. Are you familiar with these adventure folds? Uh no, I'm not I, I, I know of them, but I haven't had them yet. So um right. yeah, so but I've heard really good things about them. Yeah. What are those like? It's like it kind of has like a brownie type flavor with some caramel on top. Caramel, caramel. I'm, I'm never really sure how to say that word. I think it could be either one. Uh yeah. But it is, really, this is a total just fat kid move. But I noticed like I was eating the adventure full and I was trying to savor it by taking a few bites, you know, instead of just shoving the whole thing in my mouth. I'm like, this really isn't that great. Uh, a couple nights ago, I wanted a Girl Scout cookie. I saw the adventure full sitting out there because my wife had hid the other ones from me. So I took an adventure full and I stuck it all in my mouth in one full swoop. And I'm like, oh my God, the, when you put this all in your mouth at once, it tastes amazing. You get like the full effect of like this cookie that tastes like a crunchy brownie. So I proceeded, <laughs> I proceeded, no joke, to eat eight, eight of them. <laughs> Just a disaster. Eight of them popping in my mouth one at a time, <laughs> all at once. It's so good. So I had to have Stacy hide those for me now, too. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about dipping them into something. <laughs> you just shoving them in your mouth. And then, oh my God, Eric. I, that's what I do with Thin Mints, baby. I just load those right bad boys right into the mouth, right down the gullet. Oh, I'm in heaven. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, oh, oh I didn't bring my Queen Xbox today. I didn't think I was going to cry on the show today, but here we are. Oh, God. I, Thin Mints, same thing. Nobody takes a bite of it. Shove the whole thing in your mouth, right? Damn right. Oh, I, feel, I can taste the Thin Mint now in my mouth. Oh, I can't wait to go get some more. I hope you guys have more. I'm going to buy whatever boxes you have left, Eric. Give me some more Thin Mints, baby. Oh, Jesus. God, yeah, shoot, shoot me a DM on Twitter if you need Girl Scout cookies. At Gambling Dads. My kid's still selling them. My God. I think we have another Girl Scout cookie booth at a Caldi's Coffee coming up. A couple Sundays from now, I'm going to have to check the soccer slate, make sure I'm not missing any big games <laughs> that Sunday. Oh, God. All right. My God, we've already gone about, what, 40 minutes or something probably already. Well, I haven't even got to my conference tournament betting system. But I'm ready to give it out. Tito, are you ready for it? Man, yeah. I can't believe it. we went this long on this. But, man, I'm looking forward to uh, – I need – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trail you all the way on this college, ba- uh, college basketball betting system. Um, yeah, I'm going to be right with you, giving lots of plays over the next month, uh, especially with parts badness. And so I'm really looking forward to learning some more information about this system and becoming profitable. Awesome, man. Well, we have four conferences in action tonight. So looking forward to, to that. There were, like I said, I think that, I think I think I said earlier, my brain is so jumbled today. Uh, there were a couple games last night in the A-Sun tournament, but, but neither of those games fit the system. Uh, so I passed on those, but the system is in full effect tonight uh, with several bets. Uh, so I figured today is the ideal day 
to give out the system. And, and no joke, Tito, these two weeks, uh, this week and next week, are my two favorite weeks on the sports calendar every year because of this system. So, uh, you know, like I said, we'll be taking off work on Friday to go to Arch Madness. Uh, next week, every year, I take off work on the Wednesday, the Thursday, and the Friday uh, because those three days in particular are my favorite days of the year to bet on sports because there's just so much freaking action uh, with all the big conference tournaments going on. So I just love this time of year. But uh, And here's the deal, uh, guys watching and Tito, this is not like some foolproof get-rich system that's going to hit like 70%. It's not about that. Like, I'm not trying to get rich from gambling. You know, I've said before, I'm not wired to be able to handle these swings of like significant money coming in and coming out. Like, I'm just trying to be profitable at the end of the year. And even if I end up losing a little bit, like that's okay, because I view this as entertainment and I just want to have a hell of a time. And I've said really since the start of the show, what I love most about gambling is the whole process of researching the plays. I uh, love talking about gambling with, with you and Sean and you know my other buddies and my brother. I uh, love the entertainment of having a sweat while watching a game. And that's what this system is all about. It's all about having a ton of action over the next two weeks and a ton of enter entertainment. I just love the drama of March. Like I cannot wait to flip the calendar to March tomorrow once it gets here, um, especially with all these small schools playing uh, this next week or so with everything on the line for them. It's just so much fun for me. And if the math continues to hold, we're not going to get rich from this Tito, but we're going to make a little bit of money and we're going to have a lot of fun while doing it. Uh, so before I get started on the, on the system, Tito, I, I want to play a little guessing game with you. Uh, do you remember the clock game on the Price is Right with Bob Barker back in the day? So basically the way this works is you guess a number, I tell you higher or lower, and then you keep guessing until you get the right number. Does that, does that ring a bell? It does not. I when you when you talk about the clock game, I'm thinking about the guy that's going up the hill, the the guy that's doing the yodelay, 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 all that stuff. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm not I'm not familiar with this game. All right. Well, I'll explain it real quick. It's easy to understand. I just really want you to guess a number. How many bets did I make on conference tournament games last season? I will tell you higher or lower, and you keep going until you get the actual number. So what's your first guess? How many bets did I make on conference tournament games last season? 50. Higher. 75. Higher. 100. Higher. 125. Higher. 200. Lower. 175. Higher. 180. Lower. 176. Correct. 176. So... Over a two-week time span, I had 176 bets last season on conference tournament games. What are you doing? I mean, you're a complete degenerate. 176 bets over two weeks? What's yes. the math on that per day? Uh, I don't know what it is per day, but I do know like that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday next week when all the big conferences are in action, I have about 30 to 35 bets per day usually. It's amazing. It's going to be a lot of tweeting. <laughs> a lot of tweeting. So of those 176 bets last season, my record was 95 and 81. Wow. That was 54%. So to, to put it in money perspective, if you bet one unit 
on all those bets at minus 110, which is what pretty much all these bets are going to be, you would have made 5.9 units last season. Wow. So again, you're not getting rich off this, right. but you're going to have about 175 bets of entertainment. And if history holds, you're going to make a little bit of money. So again, last year, the record for the system was 95 and 81. The year before that, the record was 92 and 81. So another winning record, you would have made 2.9 units two years ago on this system. The year before that in 2020, I know 100% it was profitable. I cannot find that spreadsheet for the life of me for 2020. That was the year COVID shut everything down just three days before Selection Sunday. Uh, but I know, God, that was just a nightmare. Just obviously more important things going on in the world, but I could feel it coming. It was that Thursday uh, morning. I don't know if you remember this. It was St. John's and Creighton. We're playing in the Big East tournament. Yeah. Every other conference tournament had shut down. And for some reason, St. John's and Creighton were still playing uh, their game. The only game going on that day, they got to halftime and they banged the game. They shut it down and that was it. And sports was gone until, you know, later that summer. summer. So yeah, crazy. So I discovered the system in 2019. It's been profitable for the last three years. And so uh, I'm going to continue to ride with it. And I, I, it would be an anomaly. And I'm going to go into it where you'll see like just how big a sample size this is over the course of time, where if, if I just lose my ass on this, I would be super, super shocked. Uh, could we lose? Yes. But I don't think we're going to get our ass kicked. And let me get into it uh, as to why. So let's get going on my five-part conference tournament betting system. And the first part I want to hit, Tito, is Arch Madness, baby. The Missouri Valley Conference Tournament right here in St. Louis. It is an under festival. Did wow. you know, Tito, over the last 48 games at Arch Madness, the under has 34 wins and only 14 losses. That wow. is 71% to the under. So the first part of this system is a really easy one to understand. I just blindly bet the under in every single game at Arch Madness. And the under is a theme that you will see in this system. And it makes sense, right? Like these games mean everything, especially right. in a conference like the Valley where they're only getting one team in the big dance and it's going to be the winner of this tournament. So, you know, a lot of times the pace really slows down in these games because every possession matters. You right. want to make sure you get a good shot that takes time off the clock. And also in these one bid leagues, you know, a lot of times in the regular season, you can pick out maybe a letdown spot uh, that Weber state Northern Colorado game that we bet on a few weeks ago. It was a classic letdown spot for Weber state. And Sean and I went over the top on you on that one. Yeah. That didn't happen in the conference tournament. There are no letdown games in the conference tourneys. All these teams are at max motivation. That means you're at your peak defensive intensity, and that helps the under as well. So that's part number one. Bet the under in every single game at Arch Madness. You got 11 games in the tournament. So say those unders go like seven and four. You got 11 games of entertainment. And you got to make a little bit of money. Tito, what are your thoughts on the on the first part of my system there? Yeah, I do think I I, I agree initially with the underplay. That's a really smart play. The lock, especially with these smaller conference tournaments, you're only getting one seeded, so you know, you're going to have to really make sure that you're playing really solid defense. And 
um, being very, very selective on your shots. I don't know if I would agree with the whole letdown. Um, you know, I've seen Arch Madness. I've seen the, you know, the eight or nine seed, you know, upset the the top seed on that Friday a handful of times. And so, um, you know, I, I do think that the, the higher seeds um, tend to can be kind of a little bit of a steeper play, especially that first that first or second game that they're playing. And so ride that momentum. And then it finally fizzles out kind of towards the, the end of the tournament. But um, but I do like the underplay. That's a really, really smart play. And I like that. I'm going to, I'll definitely be using that strategy uh, on Friday as well as throughout next week. So that's a smart play. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, I love that. Those are great points to bring up too. Uh, and I'll elaborate a little bit more about them later on in the system about kind of riding favorites a little bit later on uh, as conference tournaments go on. But yeah, Tito will be at those two games on Friday afternoon. I'm going to be shipping the under on both those games. So that was part number one. Part number two of the system has to do with one of Tito's favorite topics, big underdogs. Tito, you love an underdog, so I think you're going to be excited to hear this one. So when I see a conference tournament game with a spread of 15 points or more, I automatically bet the underdog. So I already see you putting your hands together. Yeah, you, you love this. So this is a sample size that goes back to 2005, all right? So this is over, I think it's an over 300 game sample size for this point in particular. Uh, since 2005 in conference tournaments, underdogs of 15 points or more are 57% against the spread. And, and this makes sense too, right? You got a huge favorite. Uh, that means it's usually early on in the conference tournament. They don't care how much they win by. Like they're not trying to build their metrics in Ken Palm. They're just trying to survive and advance to the next day. Uh, and with a lot of back-to-back -back games, you might be trying to rest your guys. If you're up big late, that can lead to some backdoor covers. Right. And for the underdog, this is your season, right? For a lot of these guys, especially the smaller schools, it's going to be the last game a lot of them will ever play. So you got a max motivated dog that wants to keep their season alive and keep playing. That is a recipe for a big dog to cover. So Tito, I know you love a big underdog. Uh, what do you think about this? Man, this is another fantastic play. I like this a lot. I mean, in these things, I thought you were going to be starting giving me some algebraic methods or some formulas that I'm going to put into these different games. The fact is that you're just really basic plays in regards to you know taking the under. Now, if the, if the spread is more than 15, taking that underdog. Absolutely love it. I can't wait to buy it on this system. I can't wait for this weekend and next weekend, too. I mean, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm getting jacked up just thinking about it, baby. Wow. I and love it, it. And it's awesome. Discovering this system, it just took my love of conference tournament to another level. Because I'm just like, I can bet on, it's not every game, but like 176 games over the course of two weeks. Oh, my God. It's like the freaking best. No wonder I like the takeoff work. Well, as I mentioned, it's a five-part betting system. Four of the parts are easy to understand like you're talking about. There's one that's pretty fucked up. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's got a lot of different variables, uh, but I'll explain it. And, and I'm going to put every single bet that I make out on Twitter or on YouTube. So don't feel like you have to write this down and follow, you know, and, and follow it to a T. I'll do all the research for you guys and, and put out the plays. You just got to follow us. So uh, part number three of the system, another easy one to, to explain and understand. Uh, this one also has to do with underdogs. And in this case, big first round underdogs. 
So since 2005, with over a 300 game sample size, first round underdogs of six and a half or more points are 54% against the spread. So not a huge edge, but it is an edge that makes you profitable. And I still blindly bet this part of the system. And I think with this one, Tito, uh, you got a favorite of six and a half or more. I think they're tight in that first round, baby. I, I think they're pretty tight. They're the better team, but they're nervous. You know, this first game, especially these smaller schools where you've got to win or your season's over, Tito, I mean, oh, oh, baby, they don't call it March Madness for nothing. Time for these underdogs to shock the world, right, baby? Oh, absolutely, Danny. They're going to hit those. They're going to miss those free throws at the end of the game. They're going to be up six or seven points. And little Cinderella's going to put on the slipper. And they're going to come over with the shipping of the, of the, the, the plus points. Man, another great, another great philosophy to use. Uh, again, something I'm going to definitely utilize, especially in those opening round matchups. You know, if it's a six and a half point favorite um, and the dogs are getting six and a half, man, that's a that's a recipe for for some money making opportunities. So I think the little caveat to that is to look at the last several games of the of how each team had performed, seeing the, the head to head matchup that they've had and then really, really taking advantage of of those uh, lines that maybe Vegas is just looking at. Um, getting some action put into the game itself. So another fantastic dynamite type of type system play that you can definitely utilize from time to time here. Definitely oh, yeah. during college basketball tournament. And never a bad idea to look at recent form or prior results. But for the purpose of this system and betting conference tournaments, I don't look at any of that stuff. Like oh, okay. I'm, I'm like a machine. I, there's no thinking here. The system is in place. I follow the system. So like there is no like uh, decision-making process for me in terms of well i feel like this no i just follow the system it's been profitable three years in a row i'm going to okay. continue to write it so uh, and plus which is how much action there's going on there's not time right. not right. time in a day to look at that so sure. but yeah definitely early on uh, in these first round conference tournament games look towards the underdog however and this is where it gets fucked up so <laughs> this leads into part number four of the system and I'll be more specific here in just a minute. But in general, when you start having teams playing on back-to-back -back days against a team that is rested, you want to look to fade the team that is playing on back-to-back -back days. So to your point, Tito, maybe in Arch Madness at the Valley, you got these teams playing on Thursday. I think it's Northern Iowa playing um, uh, Illinois State in the 8-9 game on Thursday afternoon. The winner is going to advance to play Bradley, the regular season champion, um, on Friday afternoon, which we'll be in attendance to. More times than not, the team that played the prior day and is playing for a second straight day is going to struggle in that game. So I'm going to preface this uh, part of the system by saying this is very convoluted. Uh, it's really not good radio or good podcasting or whatever, but I want to share the information. It's our channel and I can do what I want, damn it, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> Tito, you're probably going to make fun of me about how convoluted this is. Um, so this part of the system takes a lot of research, uh, but this is the kind of shit I live for. Like, I just love it. Like, so you do, again, you do not have to write all this stuff down. Do not worry about it. I'm going to do all the work for you. All you need to do is follow us on Twitter at gambling dads. Uh, also need to be subscribed to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at domesticated gamblers and have notifications on both those platforms turned on. 
because I will put out every single conference tournament play on Twitter or on YouTube. My voice and my fingers are going to be busy these next couple of weeks. So here's part number four of the system. And there is a subpart A and a subpart B. <laughs> are you loving this, Tito? <laughs> oh, no. No, don't say subpart. I don't even know what that means, subpart A, subpart B. Give me a break. We've, we've been going at an hour, and you want me to sit through subpart A and subpart B? Come on, I'm tired of it. If we're only going to be doing a show about once a week, I'm like, God, we got a lot to fit in. I looked at the time, and I'm like, oh, my God, we haven't talked about college basketball yet. And I'm like, oh, geez. So pack a lunch today if you're watching Domesticated Gamblers. All right, so subpart A. Again, over a 300-game sample size. So all three of these elements are necessary for it to fit the system. You got to have a favorite of six and a half or more off a buy. Their opponent, the underdog, has to be playing on back-to-back -back days. And the underdog has to have covered their previous game, meaning they played well. If all three of these elements exist, the favorite is 55% against the spread, and the under hits 56% of the time. So in situations like this, and there's a really good chance we see this Friday afternoon, Friday afternoon, Tito, in the Bradley game against either Northern Iowa or Illinois State, I'm going to be betting the favorite and the under in those situations. So again, do not feel like you need to rattle that down. I'm putting out every single play on YouTube or Twitter. Subpart B is even more convoluted. <laughs> Again, over a 300-game sample size. And for this one, all four of these elements are necessary to fit the system. you got to have a team off a of bye. Their opponent has to be playing on back-to-back -back days, and their opponent has to have covered their previous game again. And the fourth factor for this one, it has to be the third meeting this season between the two teams. Tito, I will have you know, you have these lazy announcers and analysts say all the time, oh, it's hard to beat a team three times. Incorrect, not true. Anytime you hear that, that person is lazy, turn it off. Because if, if all four of these elements exist in subpart B of part four of the conference tournament betting system, the team off of by is 56% against the spread. And the under, once again, hits 56% percent of the time. So in situations like this, I am betting the team off a of buy and the under. Tito, I'm sure your head is spinning at this point. Do you just want to make fun of me now so I stop talking for a minute? You come in, you come into my core. I think I've used that term. I, th I think I've said that on the show before. It's hard to beat somebody three times in one season. So man, you're cutting me to my core. Subpart A, subpart B, who gives a rip? Bet the under, bet the favorite if the guy's on a buy. Give me a break with this nonsense. An hour and ten minutes into the show. We're still not even to our picks yet, Daddy. What's your last what's the last method? Or what's the stage five or what's part five of your of your betting system that we need to get to? Well, I'm not done with part four. <laughs> oh my goodness, are you serious? What are we doing here? Go ahead. Finish with part four. Go ahead. It's all about Eric today. It's all about what he's going to say about this college baseball, basketball. I was on board for the top two plays. Dogs, unders. Well, that's, what, that's what Tito loves, Daddy. Oh, there's other stuff making me want to puke. 
I knew I was going to get your dander up once I got to part four. I knew you were going to get pissed off. I don't blame you. So I am making an amendment to part number four. Oh, here my God, that's an amendment. <laughs> All right. So I noticed last season, part number four performed very well in the smaller conference tournaments. However, I noticed in the Power Five conference tournaments and in the Big East tournament with Gus Johnson on the call, when looking at the side, the team playing on back-to-back -back days performed ridiculously well against the spread. They went 12-3 and three last oh, wow. year against the spread. So in the Power Five and the Big East this year, I'm going to be betting on the team playing on back-to-back -back days, and I'm going to see how that plays out this year. I think the reasoning for this one is sound because I think a lot of times in the top conferences, the best teams don't care as much about right. these conference tournaments. They're already in the big dance. They wouldn't right. mind a little bit of rest instead of playing three games in three days before the real thing starts, you know, four days later. You got the Big Ten. They play their conference championship game at 2.30 on the Sunday afternoon. They're in their locker room celebrating or, you know, uh, drowning right. their stars from the victory while, while uh, Greg Gumbel comes on and announces the bracket. And then they got to turn around and fly to Seattle or wherever the hell they're going, you know, four days later and play a game. I think a lot of these teams, they don't really give a shit. They get they want they don't mind getting knocked out in the first round, or even if they don't, uh, you know, especially even if they don't win, they're not going to cover in a lot of these right. instances. So does that make sense? Like, did I explain that pretty clearly? That was what you just said, spot on, accurate, one thousand percent, absolutely fantastic take. And especially if you have a Power Five school that's kind of diminishing that needs to win the conference tournament and they rattle off two wins in a row. They got yeah. that momentum. Oh, yeah. and they play a They play a one or two seed that already has locked up, you know, a, a, a one or two seed in the tournament. Then all of a sudden it's a recipe for that underdog to keep on going through. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic addendum or amendment, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> Is that it? I mean, do we have another? Do we have another little system that we have to talk about? Well, I mean, that was good. I just sang your praises, so maybe we can move on. I don't even know. Well, that is the end of part four. There is one more part, but it's very easy to understand. Uh, I'll, I'll save you, save you some grief. But again, for part number four in particular, I'll do all the research. Don't worry about it. I'll put on every single play on YouTube or Twitter. The last part, thank God, part five is easy to understand. If I see a conference tournament title game on a neutral floor, like Arch Madness on that Sunday, I automatically bet the under. This one has hit 58% of the time since 2005. Again, over a 300 game sample size. So if you see a conference tournament title game on a neutral floor, bet the under, it hits over 58% of the time. Bet it early though, Vegas is onto this trend. I've noticed the last couple of years, these totals will come out usually the night before the game. And they'll drop two or three points within the next few hours. So, yeah. uh, again, another reason I have notifications turned on. I don't really sleep during these two weeks very much. I'm off work most of the time. I'm watching hoops till 1130 or midnight. I'm waiting for these lines to come out so I can fire. So, um, this part of the system uh, went 16 and 12 last season. That's 57%. And this system overall, again, since, was it 2005, I said, has been 58%. So I'm seeing a lot of consistency, man. Like this is, and this is what, what I like is just like, I'm not going to get rich off this, but if I'm hitting like 54%, I got a shitload of entertainment 
and I made a little bit of money. And like I said, even if I lose a little bit, oh, well, I got to watch a ton of hoops over a couple of weeks. Well, and to your point, too, that conference title, if it's on a neutral site, I mean, remember that's the one caveat to remember about that last play is it's on a neutral site. Right. You know, these these conference tournaments that are at these, you know, at these home sites of these of these teams that are going to win the conference tournament, those don't rattle here, so or those don't count here. So um, be, be wary of that. Um, but, man, we, we finally got through it. I didn't think we were ever going to get through part four. I thought you were going to have, like, 18 other amendments that we had to worry about. But it's a pretty basic system. And like Eric said, everyone, put the notification on. Get those bets. Follow us on Twitter at Gambling Dads. You'll get all of the plays that Eric is going to be throwing out there. I'll be throwing out plays too, baby. I might be sharpshooting him on a few of these things. You know, it's not 100% guaranteed, but I'm going to come over the top on a few of these, daddy. Because Tina loves the underdog. Tina loves Cinderella. I can't wait for a couple of weeks. Mass Madness, Nikki B, Craig Gumbo. I don't even know. It's, uh, let's go. Let's move on to the picks, daddy. We're an hour and 10 minutes into this show, baby. Let's get it going. We are moving on to the picks. I got five of them to give out tonight with the conference tournament betting system that I'll give out, give out here real shortly. But you got to like the video. If you're enjoying the content today, subscribe to our channel, especially now that we're not doing a show every day. You want to see Tito's hot toilet takes, have those notifications turned on so you can see Tito right after he wrapped up his business on the toilet and hit post on the video. You get it because you can see how fresh that content is, right, Tito? Well, and, and don't even say that, right? It, it's not even when I got done with wrapping up the toilet, baby. I might be in the mid, I might be in mid dump. Who knows? But you absolutely love it. I'm on live. I'm live on, on YouTube all the time, Daddy. And you know, by the views, nobody notices that I went live. But you need to check out the live portion of, of Domesticated Gamma's YouTube channel, baby. Because that's where Tito's hot toilet takes are going to be going on from now forward. It's going to be live on the toilet, mid-dump. You all love it. You love to hear the stinky. I love to give the stinky. Let's go on to the picks, Daddy. Let's get it, Tito. Uh, guys, heads up. We're going to be uh, talking in terms of units now instead of dollars. I just think that's more realistic. Most domesticated dads ain't dropping 300 bucks on a three-star play. So we're going to talk units. We do not unit size shame on the show, but one star plays are one unit, two star plays are two units, three star plays are three units. Tito, for February, you're 17 and 21, you're down three units for the month, but overall, still 33 and 30 and up over 20 units. So Tito, you're still looking real strong overall. What picks do you have to give out today? We're gonna go with Collins basketball. We're gonna go to the top 25 action. We're not gonna do any of this Florida Gulf Coast I don't even know what conference they're in. They're in their conference tournament. Who cares? I'm going to have Arch Madness coming up in a few days. I'm going to be betting on those games all the time. But tonight, we're going to Big 12 action again, Daddy. We're going Kansas versus Texas Tech. Kansas laying nine points at Texas Tech. Texas Tech, what a fraud of a team that is. They got that 80-year-old head coach that doesn't know how to recruit, doesn't know how to win on the road. They're 5-11 at Big on the Big 12. Kansas is laying nine points. They're going to win by like 25, baby. They got to get right. They're going to get Grady Dix is going to have about 38 points. The Tiger loves this pick. I already talked to him about it. He's absolutely enamored with it. And then we're going to go eight o'clock. These are both seven o'clock starts or eight o'clock starts, Daddy. So, Eric, you're going to be able to watch these games. We're going to go to the SEC, baby. We're going to go Arkansas, heading to Knoxville, Tennessee. 
Well, top, well, Ricky Barnes. Ricky Barnes got this team going. They need a win tonight to get that. I think to secure that double bye. I think for the SEC tournament or put a, put themselves in a good spot. So I like Tennessee. They're given six points, and so we're going to take Tennessee in that matchup. Arkansas doesn't know how to win on the road. I have no stats to back that up. I just believe it, baby. Brett Musselman, whatever his name, Eric Musselman, whatever his name is, he doesn't know how to win on the road. So we're going to take Tennessee laying the six points. And those are both one-star plays. Oh, one-star. Okay, you're slow on your roll. I respect that. I have no problem with that, Tito. I can't stand Ricky Barnes. I can't stand Bill Self. No more three-star plays for coaches. I can't stand, baby. I'm on board with that. All right, so Tito's on the Jayhawks minus nine and the Vols. The Vols? Vols? Bulls minus six. Those would be fun games to watch, Tito. I also have uh, Kansas involved in a play tonight, which I'll get to here in just a second. But for February, uh, I'm 53 and 45, uh, despite my five-game losing streak. But I'm still up seven and a half units for the month overall, 75 and 60, and up over 11 units. One play tonight in regular season college basketball. I got a three-star play, baby, on a two-team money line parlay on VCU and Kansas. So VCU is hosting the Billikens. SLU has never, ever, ever won at VCU. They're 0-7. VCU can clinch the A-10 regular season title tonight with the win. They already whipped the Billikens a few weeks ago at Chaffetz. And I know Travis Fortino. His teams are mentally weak in big games like this on the road. You know it. I know it. I think Travis Ford knows it, especially with, with this group. So I'm taking VCU money line because I'm not going to bet on TCU on the spread and then Travis Ford F me over. I'm ready for this guy to go. I'm, re I'm ready for it to end. Is there any scenario in which SLU makes a miraculous eight-time tournament run and they can somehow win the automatic bid? Any chance of that happening? Yes. I do wow. think it is. Wow. Wow. Well, then it's not that, that, that tonight's game is not that important, is it? I mean, to be honest with you, is this a big-time game for SLU? Honestly, it's another reason why I like VCU. I thought about that. Because SLU, they basically have it's, – it's some there's crazy things that would have to happen for SLU to not get a double bye in the conference tournament. Even if they lose tonight and lose to Dayton on Friday, they're almost certainly going to be a top-four seed and get a double bye in the A-10 tournament. I don't think they really need this game. Like I said, VCU's at home, and okay. they can lock up the conference tonight. So they okay. want it. It's a bad matchup for SLU anyway. They, they, like I said, they never win here. VCU already beat them at home. So I'm taking VCU money line, and I'm going to pair it with the KU money line. Kansas at home against Texas Tech. Kansas also, they can clinch at least a share of the Big 12 title tonight with a win. There was no way they are losing the, this game to that 80-year-old coach from Texas Tech. They've been playing better of late. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, Texas Tech is not coming into the fog and winning this game. So I'm taking VCU, Kansas, Moneyline Parlay for a three-star play. You can get that at minus 141 on DraftKings. And then the conference tournament betting system, that's five bets tonight, all one-star plays. Every play for conference tournament betting system is going to be one-star play to me. Uh, Horizon League. Two fun team Tito, I know you like a fun team name like an Oral Bob. I got two of them for you here. You got Ooey Pooey against Bobby Moe. 
It's Mason, baby. IUPUI. Love this matchup. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to watch this game on ESPN Plus, Daddy. That's IUPUI against Robert Morris. I got Uwe Pooey covering the 14 and a half tonight against Bobby Moe because it's a first round game. The spread is six and a half or more. We take Uwe Pooey plus 14 and a half. And then, God, I'm not looking forward to this one. Remember that Green Bay? Uh, Milwaukee game I got all pissed about because the Milwaukee coach didn't know how to follow up three uh, late in the game. Well, I got Green Bay, who has not won a game since that game. Green Bay uh, is an underdog by 21 and a half points tonight in their game in the, in the Horizon League tournament. The system says you take Green Bay plus 21 and a half, and by God, that's what I'm doing. So I am on Green Bay Plus 21 and a half. What about Hartford? Did Hartford make their conference tournament? What's going on with Hartford? I'm sure they'd be down by 30. We shouldn't be making that play. I'll tell you that right now. Hartford doesn't have a conference tournament because they are an independent school. <laughs> so their season is over. They're getting shipped off the D3. So best of luck to Hartford. Uh, my other three bets for tonight come in the A-Sun. Uh, I'm taking Liberty Bellerman under 129 and a half. By the way, I want I want to mention this. Bellerman is over a 15-point underdog, but the system says you should take uh, Liberty as well because they're off a of bye. Uh, so, long story short, the two parts of the system they collide tonight, so it cancels it out. So I'm only on the under in the Liberty Bellerman game. I know Tito, it, it is mind blowing. Just uh, forget everything I said. Just follow me on Twitter. And follow us on YouTube. Uh, so I'm on the under 129.5 in Liberty Bellerman. And then Kennesaw State. I'm taking them minus seven. And I'm taking the under in their game, 152.5. So those are my plays for tonight. That's all I got, Tito. Anything else you got for before we wrap up the show? I think Mountain State is going to be sharpshooting you on some of these college basketball plays. He's going to be watching you like a hawk, Daddy. He's going to be making sure that all of these systems are in place and that you are following them to a T. Uh, I trust you, Eric. I'm going to follow you, baby. We're going to ride this wave. We're going to be over 50%. And uh, and I just, you know, I had a lot of fun today. This was a lot of pure enjoyment talking St. Louis sports talking college basketball, talking Girl Scout cookies, talking, you know, just our bets. I can't wait to see you on Friday. It's going to be a pony show. I can't wait to hang out with you on Saturday down for the dogs match. And, man, what a great show. Had a lot of fun. Kudos to you for laying out your college basketball system betting tool. And, man, Tito's going to be Tito's going to be riding your coattails, baby. So what a fantastic show. Great job, my friend. Love you, brother. I think we set a record for the longest show, but probably had the most fun of it. Uh, second time I've cried on the show. First time tears of laughter instead of tears of sadness talking about my father. What a show today, guys. Hit the like button on your way out. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, also chat with us by commenting on our videos. Hit the notification bell too so you can get our videos as soon as we drop them. And again, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Gambling Dads and make sure you have notifications turned on on Twitter and on YouTube. For Tito, I am Eric. This has been Domesticated Gamblers. Thanks for being with us, guys. We will see you soon, and let's cash, baby.